because we are focused on the goals we have not achieved, the things we have not done, or the negative balance or the reduced balance in our bank accounts or in our purses, what happens is that we feel, oh goodness me, I can't be here. I have so much stress. How do I make ends meet? How do I reach that target? How do I complete this goal? And the pressure builds. Now, of course, when you're undergoing a lot of stress and a lot of um, challenges, thinking in your mind, focusing on the lack, you get jittery. Now, people wonder, why is it that when you're stressed, you find it hard to find solutions? It's not just because of the emotional basis. There is a science behind it. So I'll first of all take you back into the elements of stress. So when you look at stress, when you're stressed, it's not a bad thing. But when the stress is persistent, that's when it's a problem. And when the stress is persistent, guess what happens? You have this heightened state of either fighting or running away or perhaps even freezing and just hoping that the situation just passes by and does not notice you. In that state, your blood supply and your energy resources within yourself are redirected to facilitate that survival mode. And when it's kind of de de delegated, when all the resources, energy and all that are delegated to the areas in your body that help you to either fight, flee or freeze, your brain, the thinking part of your brain is not part of that because it's not going to help you run. So it's not getting as much resources to be able to think intelligently and solve a problem. And so you find yourself in a situation whereby you are not thinking clearly. You're not making the right decisions. You start to act based on impulse to survive. You might say, yeah, but what can you do about it? That is what we are doing here today. Today, we are tapping into the, the main thing we can do to put a pause in that stress cycle where you're going into survival mode and you're getting more stressed. And that is gratitude. In your life, in your year, in your month, in your week, in your day, there is one thing that has happened that worked out. Even if you had the worst day ever, or even the worst year ever, there is one thing that worked out. The fact that you're here, you're hearing me, and in some places you're seeing me, you are alive, that is a great thing. Why? Because some people, who wished to be here, not here, and you are here. And then there's some people in your life who want you, who cannot do without you, who feel the dependence on you. So if anything should happen to you, a lot of catastrophic steps would take place. So it is a miracle that you're here. It's a blessing that you're here because not only just because of you, but because of those people who depend on you. Another very important thing, just in case you say, okay, so that's basic. I'm here. I'm alive. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, I do get that. But another thing is the gift of breath. I'm going very 
simple before we start to get to the very more specific things. This is something that all of us experience and all of us enjoy. We all have the gift of breath. I don't know how many of you know how to swim and you're great swimmers. That's great. When I was in primary school, I had a classmate who was a great swimmer. He was so good at swimming. At that point, none of us even knew how to swim. This guy was a fish in the water. So on a Monday morning, this very lively, bubbly young man, who, of course, was the life of the party, we were expecting, of course, to see him because he always comes to class and he makes the loudest noise. His name is always on the talkative list of um, students. He was not there. And we were wondering what's going on. It was not until later that we found out that this boy had died over the weekend. And what had happened was he went to his auntie's house and he was swimming and he drowned. And everyone was baffled. What? This guy is the best swimmer. And he was swimming and he drowned? How is that even possible? I, with my primary school brain, could not understand how that was possible. But as I grew older and I still think about this, I think to myself, could he have had a cramp? So you might be an expert at doing something. You might say, oh, yeah, I'm an expert at cutting things. Maybe you're a butcher or maybe you are um, someone that does like uh, stacking of shelves and you're an expert at doing that. Now, at your job, you're stacking the shelves. What stops those heavy shelves from falling on your head? That is a miracle. What stops accidents from happening? That is a miracle for which we should be grateful. And so those things that seem quite simple, they are miracles. I cannot even begin to imagine how difficulty how much difficulty someone who is drowning will feel. The first thing that should be coming to that person's mind is, I want to breathe. I want to breathe. Give me air. Why? Because they are underwater. Air is not getting to their lungs. They are getting waterlogged. But you can breathe. So can I. And that is a gift. And for that, we're grateful. And so, whenever we see Something happening in our lives. I want us to look at it and say, what if is there is perhaps someone who did not have this? Sometimes that needs to be, that sometimes is an awakening for us to just tap into that gratitude. So I know, yes, we've talked about air. Oh, now, I, I don't remember, I don't know if any of you have ever been in like very cold climates now I have <laughs> I remember it was um early in December and uh suddenly it was really really cold that morning I did not feel like getting out of bed it was terribly cold but we needed to get out of bed get children to school get to work and um it was then I looked at the temperature and soon discovered to my uh, amazement, that the temperature was minus 5 degrees Celsius. <laughs> you can imagine. Minus 5 degrees Celsius. Now, for those of my friends who are in the U.S., I'm not too sure what that is in the Fahrenheit. But it's really cold. 
Everywhere was icy, snow, everything. It was just not a great weather to be walking around or to be, you know, running around or even going out in. Was really cold, and we came out. We kind of, you know, wrapped up nice and wrapped up warm, and just got to work. And we're like, okay, all right then. But then, guess what? There were some people who did not have a roof over their head, and they spent the night in that cold with the ice. Am I any better than them? No. So that is one other reason. Why we are grateful. I could wrap my kids up and we could all go and have a great time and learn. I am grateful. That is why I am grateful. So today we are in a position whereby we can have a roof over our heads. We can also, to a large extent, have a meal in a day. The fact that you're listening, you have access to a device. A device could either be your laptop, your phone, your um, tablet, whatever that electronic device is. That's no one. Number two, you have access to power, electricity to charge it up. And then another thing is you also have access to the Internet. That is brilliant. There are so many times. And this is going I'm going to share something with you. Now, um. I, for those of you who have never had a blackout in your life, you've never been in um, in a place where suddenly electricity goes off, this might come as a shock to you. But when I was growing up in Nigeria, we had this, um, you know, the way you kind of have your electricity and gas company. So we had an electric electricity company called NEPA. But they've changed their name so many times, I don't even know what they're called these days. But it was called NEPA. And every child living in the country, no matter which part you're from, whether north, south, east, or west, when there was lights, it was a celebration. And you would hear someone just shout out, Up NEPA! And everybody would be jubilating. Most of the time, there was no electricity supply. And at that point in time, many people would, of course, thankfully, there was a lot of sun. So in the daytime, you didn't need to light any, you know, didn't need, didn't need electricity. But in the nighttime, for those who did not have access to generating plants or inverters or anything that would help to bring um, some form of electricity to power up their devices, they had to stay either in darkness use candles or use lanterns. And even those who could afford to use the generating plants did not use it all the time because to power your generating plant, you either needed petrol or diesel. And there were many times when we would have like scarcity of petrol or diesel and you have to queue for hours, in short, sometimes days to get five liters. I mean, it was really something else. So you can imagine, you perhaps have access to electricity and some people don't. And when they have it, they jubilate. Can you see that there's a reason to be grateful? And then another very interesting thing, and this is something that I, I really am grateful for. It, it did not seem like a good 
thing at the time. Well, I'm grateful that it happened. There was a time when I I forgot a very important document at home, and I was like halfway to my destination. And without this document, I would not have been able to carry out like the presentation I was going to do. I felt so annoyed because I could actually see where I put that document. <laughs> I knew where it was, and I was like, no, how could I have forgotten it? And so I don't know if that has ever happened to you, where you say, okay, I'm going, I have made this document for work tomorrow, and you put it in such a way, you put it maybe on the table um, in your living room, your kitchen, or just on your way out, and you put your car keys on top of it. <laughs> yes. So that's exactly what I did. There was no way I was leaving the house without my car. So I was going to get my car keys. And guess what? I was getting ready to leave. And my daughter goes, Mommy, get your car keys. Oh, thank you, darling. Okay, okay, everybody to the car. Everybody to the car. And so I did not look where I had kept those car keys. Because normally I keep them hanged away. But because it was down on that document, I knew I would not forget that document. But because I didn't pick it up myself, I forgot it. I was running late and there was traffic. So I thought to myself, there's no way I would just go back, go in there without this document. It's just not possible. So I had to go back. And when I, of course, dropped the children off and then went back, I was able to get the document. And I was still beating myself up. But then, guess what happened? There had been a very terrible standstill. And because the standstill had kind of grown quite a bit, I got the notification quite early so I could take a, an alternate route. I heard that there was a big crash on the road that I would have been on. Do you know... Sometimes we experience things and it's almost as though you miss something. It's almost as though you maybe you thought, oh gosh, maybe that could have, I could have been there. I could have been in that situation. I could have been in that um, place where this happened. But thank goodness I wasn't. So you, you never, never know what it is that you're being kind of protected from, shielded from, even with the disappointments, you're being shielded from these things. You're being shielded from the accidents or the misfortunes or the mishaps. So everything has got its purpose. For everything that happens to you, there is a reason behind it. I remember when our, a friend of mine based in the U.S., she's a um, an internal medicine physician. She told me, no, she's actually a pediatrician. Yes. She told, she invited me, the first person who told me about uh, Clubhouse. And she invited me to come into a group. And while I was in the group, my other friend who's an internal medicine um, doctor said, look, I'm going to send you an invite and you're going to join. And so this was the when, of course, you only were able to join when you had an invitation. And this person had three invitations. So, of course, because she sent me that invitation, I just said, you know what? I, I can't decline it. Uh, I should actually honor it because it's going to be wasted otherwise. So I utilized it and got on Clubhouse. And then 
when I got on there for the very first time, now to start with, of course, at that point in time, you could only use Android, um, iPhone or iPads, so Apple devices to get on Clubhouse. I am an Android user. I don't know if any other Android users are in the house, but you know what it's like. But funny enough, I had an iPad, so of course I was able to get on using my iPad. So I got into one of the rooms and I was just listening to what they were saying. Next thing I just said, saw a notification come up. This person is inviting you to come on stage. And I threw my iPad away. (laughs) I threw it away. I was like, what is going on? Because I didn't understand how Clubhouse worked. And so people perhaps think to me, think and say, oh, my goodness, you're so good when you come to talking and, you know, sharing and speaking on stage. And I was like, yes, I love it. But, you know, when you're not expecting something, it comes as a shock. And that's exactly how I felt. So I just said, oh, I just threw it away through my iPad and I did not go back into Clubhouse. And of course, I got off and switched to my iPad. Off. I was like, oh, what was that? And I didn't touch my iPad until like, a while afterwards when I eventually kind of picked up the courage to pick up the iPad, put it on and then log back into Clubhouse the experience was interesting I was more open and the beautiful relationships that I've made, the people I've met by just hearing their voices has just been phenomenal some I have met some I haven't yet I look forward to meeting them soon. And it's just how a community was built, a place where people could come and share. Of course, every um, good thing has got some side effects, (laughs) some things that might not be as pleasant. But being able to share with people from around the globe, that was just brilliant. I made friends from the Middle East, <laughs> from the U.S., different parts of Europe, Africa, Australia, New Zealand. Good Lord. I mean, it's just been phenomenal. And I think that ability to connect and make this world, this, uh, this big world, that everybody goes, oh, it's a mighty world out there. No, it's a global village. Help is only two, three steps away. If you want to know something, ask one person. That person will know someone that knows someone that knows the answer. That's something I found in communities like this. In our community, for the mothers, we also are able to share. Oh, I know this. Okay, I don't know this, but I know someone that knows someone that knows it. You're three degrees away from the answers you seek. That is something to be grateful for. This year has been spectacular in so many ways. At the end of last year, I had this um, desire. And that desire was a new life, a new beginning, a, a new chapter. And not the usual chapter, perhaps, that people were aware of or people knew about me. And I'll probably tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But it was more like tapping into a new experience. So, first of all, of course, I have said time and time again, but some people don't believe me. I'm an introvert, and I I tend to like my quiet space. And 
of course, I come out of my introverted state when it's time to empower mothers, when it's time to teach my students, when it's time to help my patients, when it's time to coach my clients. That I come out. People think, oh, my goodness, you are the most extroverted person I know. But no. So but this time around, I said, look, I'm going to move beyond that comfort zone of the people around me, the people that come to my clinic, the people that join my membership club, the people I meet at speaking events. You know, I'll go beyond that and go a bit more global. So I started to meet people more globally. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, platforms, audio, video, and other social media platforms were great ways to connect with people from around the globe. And while I was doing that, I also had an aim for personal improvement. Now, of course, um, I'm someone that loves food. And if you might have seen me in person, and we were eating together. I'm not the kind of person that goes, oh, here, I have two sticks of broccoli or two stems of broccoli, one cauliflower, three peas, one potato. Thank you very much. No, I eat like a teenage boy. I eat. I have my second helpings, my third helpings, and my fourth helpings, and I still have dessert. And sometimes you just look at me and I'm like, what is all that food going into? Now, that was that was my own just default. And I enjoyed it because I enjoy food. But then, of course, I knew that, look, we're all getting older. As time goes on, we need to start to become more mindful of the things we put into our mouths. Because like the father of medicine, Hippocrates says, let, he says, let food be thy medicine. If I'm stuffing my mouth with things that are not helpful to my well-being, if I'm stuffing my mouth with excess of what I require, my body organs and tissues are going to work excessively, get drained and depleted. And so I don't want that to happen. My aim now is to ensure that I am filling my body with the right nourishment at the right quantity, at the right frequency to get energized for and also to for my cells to live longer. Hence, I went down the route to get a coach, a health coach, talking about food, not just um, go on a diet. No, no. Talking about food, the science of food. Now, the reason why I tell you this is because when we think about food, it's good to say, oh, yes, um, this food is great. That food is great. But there are sometimes that certain diets and fads that go on in the food mindfulness, um, be mindful about the kind of food you eat. Sometimes there's the demonization of certain foods. Oh, carbs are bad. Fat is horrible. Um, no, 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 you need to cut protein out completely. No, 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 don't eat animal anything. You know, and for someone like me that likes to eat pretty much everything, I mean, if you cook wood and you put the right spices in there, I'll probably eat it. But it was very difficult to find a a diet that was not going to make me feel that guilt. And of course, like you probably have maybe heard me speak about in maybe my in the club or in uh, on my podcast, 
when we start to tap into low vibration type emotions like fear and guilt and shame, guess what? Our well-being goes down the drain. I'm going to say that again. When we start to tap into low vibration energy emotions like fear and guilt and shame, guess what? Our energy goes down the drain. So anything that is going to make you start feeling guilt, shame, fear, you need to avoid. So right now, at this time of year, when you're like, oh gosh, I've not met that goal. I've not reached that target. I've not um, made that level of uh, income. Or maybe my income is depleting. Sometimes that brings in fear because you're thinking about your security and that of your family. Now, that's a responsible thing to do, to be mindful of your security. But when you're fearful, that's not a great thing. Or you might feel shame because maybe you felt you indulged in something you should not have indulged in. Or you feel guilt because you feel, oh gosh, I spent so much on that uh, vacation. I shouldn't have gone on that vacation. Whatever that is for you, I want you to give yourself the privilege and say, you know what? I've done it. I enjoyed it. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. But whatever happened, let go of that shame. Let go of the guilt. It's not going to bring, the, it's not going to reverse the holiday. It's not going to return the item. Of course, if you bought something that you can return and get your money back, if that's the case, and that's something that can help with your feeling of shame or guilt or fear, go ahead and do that. But if something you cannot do anything about, don't dwell on it. I know it's easier said than done. I've done that many times. It's easier said than done. But the best way, that I have done and I've used to help me get rid of those feelings is by tapping into gratitude. So I say, thank you, Lord. I went on that holiday. And then look at those the things that you experienced on that holiday. Oh, I met new people. Oh, I ate new f- good food. Oh, I, I made new friends. Oh, I saw new places. Oh, I had great experiences. Oh, I had a laugh. The laughter that I had not laughed in a long time. I experienced that. I I was back in my teenage years where I felt carefree. Whatever that is for you, tap into the goodness and the things that you're grateful for on that trip with that thing you bought, with that thing you probably indulged in. Now, of course, I'm talking about the indulgence into things that are not harmful to you. Of course, if you maybe picked up a bad habit and you did it, I I don't relish in the goodness of it, okay? Learn from it and say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore and just move on. Okay. So those are certain things that I have used. Gratitude is such a great deal and it's just a big deal when it comes to gratitude. And that's why we're doing a gratitude fest because we need to tap into our gratitude because the focus right now is, oh, you're not good enough. And if you maybe you had a horrible Christmas, maybe you had <laughs> some, sometimes Christmas can be a bit of a, a challenging time for many. I know Christmas sometimes I remember, and I still did, especially at this Christmas as well. Um, I still remember those who we lost along the way. Um, for those who perhaps maybe have heard my story, I started this journey of um, empowering mothers, following my own state of grief after the loss of my father. And, of course, we all know that grief really doesn't end. It's 
evolves. You evolve with it as well. Sometimes you are able to get to a point where you have some meaning to the grief. And then maybe a purpose comes out of it. Sometimes you're still rollercoasting, you know, fear and anger and distress and sadness. And it happens. You will still remember. Whenever I listen to the music that my father used to listen to, I remember. When, I'm, when I hear Star Wars, my goodness, I remember. But that doesn't take me down to a point where I have to say, okay, I'm sorry, everyone, I have to cry right now. <laughs> no. Why? Because I look at it and I say, my father's life gave me life. His death gave me purpose. I'm thankful for the people whose lives I have touched because of the experience I went through. As painful, as heartbreaking as it was, because I was able to go through and grow through that grief, I am here today stronger, better, more resilient, more empathetic, and able to help more mothers. Isn't that just amazing so yes even in the bad situation something good can come out for which you can be grateful